0: Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure.
1: To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes. You heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1 800 Discover to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com/slash credit card.
0: <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts.
2: Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream.
0: Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. ATT.
1: Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. As always, thank you for tuning in. You can hear a little bit of a laugh in my voice because this uh, we're recording this intro after we did a saga on Fudge and realized it had to be a a two-parter. I'm Ben, uh, and please listen to Fudge Part 1 if you don't want to be confused by Fudge Part 2.
0: It's true, you really need that chronology there. We, you gotta set the groundwork for this fudge exploration. I'm Noel, by the way. uh, here we go. Uh, these were considered illicit fudge parties, yeah, they would
1: sneak into each other's rooms and sneak food into their rooms as well. We t- like fudge wasn't the only thing there. it's just the one most closely associated with Vassar because. Of the invention of fudge, but they would fry oysters like a single oyster over a hat pin, over the little, you know, the little lamp that you would use to uh, illuminate your room or to heat things in chemistry class. And then they would hide from the teachers who were supervising them and they would stay up past their uh, strict 10 p.m. curfew. We have to remember at this time, the students at Vassar and many other institutions were suffering from the very strict sort of Victorian ideals, which were so hypocritical. The Victorian morals, we've all heard of them. So they had to eat bland food, they had to go to bed at 10, but these are college kids, so they're saying, forget that. And it's strange because we know that this stuff became more and more and more popular, first in Vassar and then across the U.S. Going back to Hartridge... The recipe that she mentioned became the standard for what we call American-style fudge today. It got so popular that the Chicago Tribune name-checked Vassar and Fudge in 1896. I'm not going to do a voice, but I am going to emphasize the parts of the quote that are italicized, so you can really get the message home. They say, quote, Vassar girls not only indulge freely in sweets of any known variety, but they get up new recipes whenever their sated palates demand a change. Fudge may be eaten hot or cold, but it's never so truly delicious as when, at the witching hour of midnight, it's first removed from the gas jet or alcohol lamp and served on bits of cardboard or portions of a manicure set bubbling (laughs) hot to a group of maidens in night attire. That sounds scandalous What a
0: scene <laughs> What a Bacchanalian scene <laughs> How dare uh, they Bubbling uh, hot Oh, on a manicure set that That is uh, titillating uh, Yeah but I mean that's the thing though It really did start in the women's college circuit And it started to spread um, Other female college students Would start making their own fudge And just really pumping the stuff out And creating different uh, spins on it And it began to become this kind of insane side secret you know among the student body at various uh, you know women's universities and colleges so the early recipes of it were considered to be a college dish. It would be, I don't know what that means exactly. I, I, I guess it means what it sounds like. Um, in 1897, the New York Tribune started to take notice, and in a very similar quote uh, to the scene that you recounted, Ben, and that other one, uh, they said that the confection was best enjoyed, quote, when a dozen or more girls are congregated in a room sitting on the sofa cushions spread out on the floor in a mystic circle around an alcohol stove from which the odor of fudge rises like incense it's like an (laughs) opium den man yeah it's like (laughs) oh yeah i've got a pitch i've got a pitch and you know casey i
1: want you to weigh in on this one too so what if what if we make a film that's like the craft no wait you know what forget it it's a gritty reboot of the craft but it's 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 kind of about a cult but it's mainly about students at vassar illicitly making fudge we can use all our fudge puns We can say fudge drunk, you know, fudge enthusiast, but we can still call it the craft because it's the craft of fudge. I'm writing this down. Hang on.
0: Well, can't we just call it the fudge?
1: Yeah, but I like the the idea of fudge as a craft.
0: Uh, It's it's definitely a craft for sure. Uh, Like we said, I mean, it takes some know-how and some some, really some kind of – Innovation here. They were really mm-hmm. taking what they had to, available to them and making this stuff uh, with these gas lamps and putting themselves in, in harm's way uh, right. for the sweet, sweet taste of fudge. There is even a poem mm-hmm. that came from the literary magazine for Vassar, The Vassarian, mm-hmm. which I love, in 1893. Uh, what perches us upon a chair to stir a saucepan held in air, which tipping pours upon our hair, fudges. Right, fudge is it's interesting because it's used in a plural sense. Yeah, I um, thought fudge was its own plural. Yeah, you know, like, like one sheet. fun piece of fudge, mm-hmm. a batch of fudge. Well, a, maybe they heard a different, herd of fudge,
1: different recipes. You know, maybe different dorms had their own. Like, maybe some of them were making chocolate fudge, some of them were making maple fudge, etc. Anyway, I, I want to go back though. Casey. What do you think about a fudge based grainy reboot of the craft?
0: I'm just thinking about like how we how we bring the original cast back because you know you, you've got to have the new generation and like the lead roles, mm-hmm. but maybe like Nev Campbell is like a professor or something like that. I don't know. There you we go. Gotta... All right, Here we go. So Fudge has been outlawed, kind of like dancing in Footloose, you know. Okay, and and it's like a secret that only the old guard a.k.a. Feruza Balk and her mm-hmm. coven, know, and they have to secretly pass it down uh, to the new generation. And they gather sort of by, through whispers and stuff in, in these like labs after hours where they teach them how to make fudge uh, and potentially yeah. do light it as a feather stiff as a plate of fudge.
1: Yeah, item. and they, <laughs> they also, you know, they chant, but it's like the recipe for fudge as they're making it. And then there's like a, a course, there's an old book, that has the secrets, you know, the different recipes, and then they get discovered, right? Ah, oh, we mm-hmm. could throw in. And then they have to take on the
0: patriarchy because it's clearly right. them who are trying to shut down this fudge-making. These yeah, rituals. they want to
1: control it. They're, like, kidnapping students and forcing them to
0: make fudge for we can do a little bit of a dune tie-in we he who controls the fudge controls yeah. the world mm-hmm. the fudge must flow Indeed. the fudge must flow
1: yes okay you can't guys.
0: because those crystals are too damn big
1: i'm i'm smelling a franchise here i think this is bigger than one movie okay um you're welcome producers but i'm just going to pretend there's a law that because we came up with this on air we have the rights to it anyhow Furuza, please call us boy do we have news for you uh and, you know, speaking of fantastic segues, boy, do we have news for you is something that a lot of other colleges felt when they when they heard about Vassar's fudge fad. It's a fudge fad, and it became a college-wide fad. Uh, Vassar students were making, they typically had um, one recipe they kind of styled off of, chocolate, butter, and sugar, so technically a chocolate fudge, but other colleges were making versions of fudge that had marshmallows and students at smith college made fudge that used molasses and as other newspapers were describing this fudge fad which is weird to say um as they were describing this fudge fad they were also reporting the other colleges that were getting into this um remember we we also talked about th- this reminds me of a much more well adjusted version of the uh goldfish swallowing fad
0: that swept all those colleges remember that i do that was a weird one i would say this one is much more wholesome and less Mm -hmm. nihilistic and uh, uh uh cruel let's say agreed
2: Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
1: This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile.
0: See Mint Mobile for details. So as
1: they were reporting this stuff, a a triumvirate of colleges came to be acknowledged as like the uh, fundamental fudge makers. And in a book in 1909 called Chocolate and Cocoa Recipes, uh, there are three different fudge recipes. They're all named after those three colleges. But. We, we made a promise in the beginning of today's episode that we were going to explore fudge as an act of resistance. What, what did we mean when we said that, Noel?
0: Well, we've kind of gotten into it a little bit already just in that there was this very puritanical attitude towards food and, and the idea that that women should not snack or should, you know, pretty sexist when you look at it now, though maybe coming from a place of goodness by this, this woman who was the president of the university at the time. Uh, but, yeah, it's like, nah, man, we like our bonbons and we like our sweet and savory delights, uh, hence the roasting of the oysters over the hat pens after that 10 p.m. curfew, which was also a little bit uh, Uh, intense you know like no one shall be out of their dormitories past 10 p.m uh another dish that was very popular is something that i hadn't heard about until recently in the movie phantom thread uh welsh rarebit it's not rabbit but it's like Uh, it's almost like a what is it ben it's sort of like a like a pudding like a savory it's it's like
1: cheese toast that's right times 10 it's like cheese toast times 10 and it has this great sauce go with it i've made some uh once we're Out of this quarantine situation, once we're done with what has essentially been one long bottle episode of our sitcom, then I would love to make you guys some Welsh rare bit. We're a family show, so I'll say I have a kick butt recipe. And Casey, yes, I know I still owe you that bulgogi. I'm just, I'm trying to, I have to cook it for you when you're there. You know what I mean? I want to get in on that.
0: All right. Yeah, let's do it. I love Hot. a good bulgog. But no, it's true. Yeah. The The Welsh – sorry, I just, I'm fascinated by this. I'm looking at pictures of it now, and it does look, like you said, like cheese toast X100 because it's more of a fondue-type cheese mm-hmm. that you pour over mm-hmm. top of it at, mixed with that savory sauce, um, and it's it's just looks like a delight. And yeah, the rare bit, it is – it's hard to kind of trace the etymology. I mean, I know that it is sort of a – Corruption, that sounds really intense, of the word rabbit, uh, Mm -hmm. rarebit, uh, just like a way it would have been pronounced uh, in Welsh. And so it's spelled that way, like rarebit. But it definitely is meant to be interpreted as rabbit. And there's other kinds like Dutch rarebit, buck rarebit. Mm -hmm. And Ben, you did a little research on this yourself. And while I don't think we've been able to quite chase down uh, why it's called that exactly, you have some theories I have some
1: completely unfounded theories, uh, a.k.a. things that I think are hilarious. And I, I say we go ahead and uh, present to you this unfounded speculation. Okay, so the term we know was Welsh rabbit in like the mid-1700s. So what if, what if it was a term made by British people who were somehow trying to nag on or diss the Welsh? You know, what if they were like, well... I don't know. Are they implying like Welsh people can't catch rabbits or can't afford them. So that's why it's, Welsh rabbit I, I, or are and, like
0: so dumb that they think rabbits are cheese or something like that. Like, right. I, right. I, yeah. I see where you're going with that, Ben. Uh, I think we should have a segment on the show called wildly unfounded speculation or something like that. That's, that's, that's good. No, I, I'm with you there, Ben, but it's interesting because Casey was even looking it up while we were talking and there really is no known etymology for why that is used. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think wild speculation is about the best we've got right now.
1: And, that is still better than absolute pseudoscience, which is what was used to attempt to combat the love of fudge at Vassar. It's strange because, you know, it it was a form of mild rebellion, and these kids were being strictly controlled and cracked down on, and there was kind of a double standard for them because male students at colleges were getting into way more trouble. But health-wise... You know, as I think most of us know, the 19th century in the U.S. especially was just riddled with terrible ideas about what you should do for your health. Yeah, like yogurt, enemas. Um, Apologies to any teachers playing this in a classroom. Just check out the Kellogg story, Uh, as well as the idea that you need to have bland diets. Mm -hmm. There was even a a food writer, right? S.T. Rohrer who is today known as America's first dietitian, he toured these colleges in 1905, and he said the scholastic standing of the students is held like it's more important than the practical side of their education, which this guy, by the way, considered learning how to be a wife and mother. So imagine this writer is going to this place and saying, you know, my problem with this college is that they're teaching kids college courses. Basically. And then, right. oh, and this is a female writer, too. This is a woman, S.T. Brewer. She also
0: says, that these girls like fudge too much. And by the way, uh, there is this kind of confederation, I guess, or consortium of all of these East Coast liberal arts women's colleges, uh, and they were referred to collectively as the Seven Sisters. Vassar was one of them. You also had Mount Holyoke, Smith, Wesley, uh, Bryn Mawr, Barnard, and Radcliffe, just to step back ever so quickly. Um, but yeah, she had some really intense, hot takes on the, what was going on there. She said the scholastic standing of the students was held in far greater importance than the more practical side of their education. That is learning how to be a wife and mother. Um, And uh, she referred to uh, the Degradation of the health of female students, uh, and attributed it bi- directly to fudge. Uh, she says, "In a little while, she," referring to a female student who was in poor health, "in a little while she is in the infirmary, suffering from a bilious attack, because that was another one of those kind of like quackery kind of things—the idea of too much bile built up and the humors, which I almost think of as like." That's almost like Dark Ages type, <laughs> type mm. uh, medicine, right? So a bilious attack, uh, and she attributed this to dinners of fudge had overworked her liver. Improper eating with the addition of fudge had the capacity, according to uh, Rohrer, to quote, "kill the weak and ruin the middling." <laughs> what? So, oh man!
1: So there's our there's maybe our villain one of our antagonists in our our gritty reboot of The Craft, uh, which is, of course, expanding to a uh, multi-universe franchise. It's weird because people on the other side of the spectrum also didn't like Fudge. So this writer, S.T. Rohrer, is saying Fudge is preventing these kids from learning how to be wives and mothers and, you know, stick-in-the-cookie-cutter roles society had assigned for them. But other people were worried that fudge-fuddled minds might hinder the academic progress of their students. So administrators were saying, hey, these kids are not focusing on their studies. We're we're out making future astronomers, future chemists, future activists. And now they're all just turning into um, fudgy-duddies or whatever they would say. They're fudge-fuddled. And one great thing about this is that the opinions of people like Rohrer did not seem to really matter. The students at Vassar and the alumni thought it was hilarious. They made so much fun of people who were (laughs) anti-fudge, and they did it through satire. This is why you gotta love college publications, right? Uh, Like, they had something where it would be like, can it be that the Vassar girl has fallen so low? In my day, we ate our good wholesome mutton stew without thought of such proceedings, destructive alike to physical and moral welfare. So they're you know, I think they're rightly mocking them the way that a lot of radio stations or um, college students used to mock the concerned, kind of conservative parts of the U.S. that were convinced listening to uh, bands like Vanilla Fudge uh, would be a one way ticket to Satan worship
2: attempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah. Snaga Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kinda nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text Snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
1: Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy,
0: have I ever been. and more of everything.
1: Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com.
0: And let's not forget too that I mean, you know, there certainly was like a temperance movement for women. They were not expect they were not allowed uh, or they were expected not to imbibe alcoholic beverages, but uh, their male counterparts absolutely did and that was sort of like you know, there was this sense of, man, all we want is our f- tasty fudge treats I mean all the dudes are out there swilling whiskey and spirits and going hog wild in the streets and we just want to you know roast an oyster over an open flame you know without fear of retribution from the brass Um, so you know I think it's a pretty reasonable uh, request (laughs) and it was very (laughs) much you know like something that led to this kind of rebellious attitude there's a quote from an account from one of these college students uh, female college students who said we did not at college like some of the young men drink whiskey or steal gates or shoot pistols at policemen or club baseball umpires. Uh, and this was from a student that attended Vassar in at 1891. And th- that was their thing. They had their midnight kind of fudge parties. And and why should they be deprived of that? Uh, there's a book called College Girls, Blue Stockings, Sex Kittens and Coeds Then and Now by Lynn Peril. And she sums it up like this that breaking those dormitory lights-out rules by meeting at midnight added an extra fillip of excitement and provided a way for well-bred college girls to flout authority.
1: Oh, that's one of my favorite uses of a uh, fillip. Okay, so they're using it to mean something that is a stimulus or a booster to an activity, mm-hmm. but really, it comes from this. Look, it's, it's oh, right, we're an audio podcast. People can't see it. That's a Philip when you flick oh. your finger like that.
0: Oh, seriously? Like a little yeah. bloop? So it's yep. sort of a dollop, a Philip
1: yeah. dollop, a little extra a dash. Yeah, it's it's little... If you do that to someone in their direction, I, I'm sure most people think it's kind of offensive, right? It's not a serious offense. It's not the no. middle finger, but it's something. Got anyway, it. one of the questions here that we all have on our minds is, what happened? Why is there no longer a fudge craze? Well... Like so many college fads, the fudge fad reached a um, threshold of, I guess you would call it inundation. The thing that was cool became so accepted, it was no longer cool. And now college students are saying, well, people are just associating the school I want to go to with fudge. One student in 1906 said, I once asked a man what he thought of particularly in connection with a girl's college. The answer, of course, was fudge. And that, you know, struck her the wrong way. Uh, the the writer Lynn Peril, you mentioned earlier, Noel, uh, talks about how fudge sort of. Expanded beyond the
0: dorm room, right? Yeah, it, it, it's that thing we talked about, sort of how we associate fudge. Uh, we didn't know any of these sides of it, but definitely are aware of the idea of these storefronts lining various boardwalks, beachfront properties or even places like niagara falls atlantic city you know you've got i love this uh, this quote from a piece that kind of sets the scene from sidewalks outside candy shops tourists would peer through plate glass windows in awe as mustachioed fudgeteers there's the word by the way confidently combined vats of sugar butter and milk then guided the mixture into oversized machines that noisily churned out delicious slabs of sticky goodness Uh, And this is from a a National Geographic article, actually, by Robert Reed. Yeah. And there you have it. So the next
1: time you see fudge, whether or not it's for you, it is a very rich food, a very um, dense form of sustenance. Give it some appreciation. It has an origin story that's pretty epic, actually, and I think fairly inspiring. And I want to note that for a long time, I think we've all had those discussions with our friends. Like what are some words people just don't like fudge is actually one of those words. It's still not as unpopular as moist, which yeah. remains. Yeah. super weird to a lot of people, but I, I don't know. I was thinking like fudge, sludge, drudge, grudge. Yeah. Fudge itself uh, has succeeded despite its weird etymology and its weird origin story. So I, I'm not a fudge, fanatic a fudge fanatic myself but after this i really appreciate the story of it
0: i appreciate it too and i've got to say i, I we I, we found a recipe in the research materials for this uh that i would very much like to try it sounds like a step up fudge uh, recipe that would really do it for me mamie eisenhower good old ike's wife was a massive fudge fan and she made her own recipe called mamie's million dollar fudge uh mm. which i uh, liked <laughs> And it included chopped nuts and marshmallow cream. So, Ugh. um, no, no I'm good. I'm a marshmallow guy. Not yeah, a marshmallow guy.
1: No more mar- marshmallows for you, man. Okay, you know? I'll, I'll,
0: I'll yeah. I will eat all of Mamie's million dollar fudge, and then get sick and uh, <laughs> potentially never want to eat fudge again. So it'll be, be like a fudge. Hey, I got I got a new one for you, Ben. A fudge yeah. purge. The there fudge you purge. Mm-hmm. You'll be
1: yeah, there we go. Uh let's put that in the in the franchise. Also, yeah, no, watch out. Don't let your liver get overworked by fudge. Don't nope. get bilious. <laughs> I would uh, never. This was a good episode. This was so full of some cool words. um, Casey, has any of this changed your opinion on Fudge? or you did you have an opinion on fudge? Beforehand? He was he was
0: pro fudge. You're pro fudge. Yeah, I was pro fudge, and I'm still pro fudge, but I know more <laughs> about it now than I did before. So there's that. Oh, God,
1: I probably should say this on air. But once I met a dude who called himself Fudge, and it was one of those things where, We were in our early 20s and I was like, I'm probably not going to see this guy again. All right, that's fine. He wants to be called Fudge. And three years later, I ran into him and he was like, my
0: name is Richard. (laughs) So Fudge, if you're out there. Why'd you give up the dream? Oh, so sorry. And if you are out there, Fudge, uh, let us know um, what happened. Why'd you give up that baller nickname? Uh, We want to know. We want to hear from you. Fudge, nickname or otherwise, you can uh, reach out to us on all the usual social media spots, Ridiculous History on Instagram uh, and Twitter and Facebook. We also have our Facebook group, The Ridiculous Historians, Um, Going Strong. Uh, You can join that and get in on the conversation, the memery. It's a good, clean fun. You just have to like name me or ben or, or casey or just say something that lets us know that you're not a russian bot and and we'd love to have you in the group
1: yeah and we always appreciate hearing from you i gotta say the facebook page is is on fire with some pretty good jokes recently and we we sure appreciate it uh let's see we always need to thank christopher hasiotis we always
0: need to thank eve's jeff i mean Talk about a dream team, right? Mm. It's true. Thanks to Alex Williams who composed our theme. Our research associate extraordinaire Gabe Luzier. I said it that way today because it made it rhyme with extraordinaire. Um, what else we got? That's it. Yeah. May the fudge be with you.
1: Yes, uh, Kalu Kale. What a fudgest day.
0: Love it. We'll see you next time, folks. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
2: VTW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to
1: 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste
2: Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissle Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin.